Welcome to Trade Finance Talks, a podcast from Trade Finance Global. During this series, we'll be hearing from global experts, as well as learning about the latest trends, technology and insights in the world of international trade and receivables finance. Episode 72. And the whole premise is for people to be able to come together through this virtual platform. Think of it almost as a virtual bankers club or virtual networking reception. My name is Dipesh Patel, editor at Trade Finance Global. We've just finished the marathon, that is Cybos Virtual, a festival of trade, treasury and payments. So what better way to celebrate than to be joined by the CEO of the Bankers Association for Financing Trade, or BAFT for short, Todd Burwell. This year, Todd's also celebrating another accolade. Happy 100th anniversary and congratulations. It's quite the achievement for a trade association to survive 100 years. Todd, thank you very much for joining me on Trade Finance Talks. Thank you so much for having me to talk to you again and congratulations to you as well for a successful week at Cybos and the launch of your new initiative. Great. So Todd, if you could start with a bit of an introduction to our audience, I'm sure many people know who you are, but in case they don't, who are you, where are you from and what do you do? Sure. So I am the president and CEO of BAFT. BAFT is an industry association for transaction banking. As you mentioned, it was founded in 1921, actually by 10 Midwestern US banks by the heads of international banking, who wanted to exchange ideas and best practices and develop standards and address regulation that was in the interest of developing foreign trade. So BAFT is still headquartered in Washington, D.C., but we have now got members that are headquartered in more than five countries around the world. And I would say that over the last 15 to 20 years or so, BAFT has really consciously sought to engage our members in their home countries, to engage regulators in their home regions. And thus, we've become a much more globally focused organization than we were 100 years ago. And we now have regional councils that exist in five major regions in the world, including North America, Europe, the Middle East, Asia. Thanks, Todd. And that's a good introduction around the foundations and, and early beginnings of BAFTA and that development to where we are today. So we spoke at Cybos 2019, and I think I asked you what keeps the transaction banking community up at night. And back then you said regulation, negative interest rates and technological transformation. Is that still the same? I think those issues still exist. At the time, particularly when I spoke about technological transformation, I was looking at it through the lens of opportunity. I still think I look at technological transformation as keeping people up because of the opportunity that it poses. But now it really has developed into another ecosystem, if you will. So it's both an opportunity and a threat in the sense that if organizations are not transforming technologically speaking, then they will potentially lose business and and be overtaken by others. But I think that there's a variety of technology transformation that's take place between faster payments regimes and digitization and trade and virtual currencies and central bank digital currencies and all of those things that are really changing the way we think about how economic activity takes place. It's exciting because it still does present a ton of opportunity. And I'm sure that that 
keeps people up in a good way. But because the ecosystem is changing, if you're not changing quickly, there is a threat. I'd say there is a couple of, of new things that I've heard a lot of bankers really concerned about. And one is ESG. There's a lot of energy being poured into figure out what does this mean for the transaction banking industry? What's going to be required to achieve net zero particularly for those banks that at the top of the house have committed to be part of the net zero alliance, they really need to understand, well, well, how does that apply to the transaction banking industry? And that's taking up a lot of brain power right now, our members. And the other one, which has been around for quite a while, but seems to be gaining more and more attention, is fraud. As we transform technologically, it also introduces new risks from a fraud perspective. And having the ability to identify and mitigate fraud in real time can be quite a scary proposition. Of course. And I think all of the points that you've mentioned really have kept us at night as, up at night as well and extremely busy as things change. Now, we haven't spoken about the pandemic and it would be good to hear your thoughts on some of the biggest challenges for both BAFT and also your members to really help keep trade moving during some quite unprecedented times. You're spot on. I didn't mention it, perhaps because so many of us seem to have adjusted to the pandemic almost as a new normal method of operation for us. But it's presented risks in a variety of ways. As the simplest is the matter of how do you keep your workforce engaged? How do you engage with clients and the market if, in particular, you are limited in where you can travel? You're much more cautious about getting people together in person. That's really presented a challenge for our member institutions. But then also just the supply chain itself. We hear so much about it. We read so much about it. And I have, for example, some personal projects at home where trying to get parts or trying to get appliances or things like that are now stretched out for months and months and months because of supply chain backups. Well, that cuts across almost all different product categories. So if you are financing trade or if you are providing other types of supply chain support, it's also a major disruption to you. So for us specifically within BAF, I would say it's posed an opportunity in the sense that technologically speaking, I think organizations and governments have been more motivated to move more quickly to digitize. And there are some things that have probably accelerated as a function of the pandemic still been able to get best practices published and, and continue to move on certain other regulatory issues and things like that. It's had the most impact for us as an association. It's just been getting our community together. Now, we've been able to pivot some of our programs from in-person to virtual, and that's allowed us to increase the engagement level to reach some people that otherwise might not be able to travel. But there's definitely a bit of fatigue that's gone on from that. And it's been much more challenging for our community to connect with each other during the pandemic. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you for a quick fire update on various topics. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about something quite exciting that you're launching very soon this week and probably connected in response to the inability for people to physically meet and connect. Tell me, Todd, about BAFT Connect. We're really excited about this and you're spot on. This was directly a response to the pandemic. The inability of our members to meet 
to visit, to travel, to network, to engage with others in the community. What we're going to be doing is launching a virtual platform called Bath Connect. We'll have an open house on this Wednesday, the 20th of October. And the whole premise is for people to be able to come together through this virtual platform. Think of it almost as a virtual bankers club or virtual networking reception where you can connect with people around topics. So you'll have table topics where you want to discuss, hey, what happened at Cybos this week? You can have a table topic where people will go to discuss that. Or if you want to talk about ESG or you want to talk about what's happening with faster payments, you can have those discussions, bounce ideas off of each other, compare notes and do that as you would in-person event, but you can do it virtually. The other thing is you have the ability to just do open networking. So Tess, you and I haven't seen each other physically in quite a while, and it would be an opportunity through Bath Connect for me to just connect with you and see what's been going on in your business and to chat with you and get an update. So we plan to do these on a monthly basis, and we're hoping that this will be a new way for our community to connect with each other in lieu of physically traveling to programs and events. Thanks, Todd. And, and yeah, absolutely. Well, we will be there. Delighted to media partner with you at Bath Connect and, and really looking forward to connecting with you virtually there. And, and we'd recommend our readers to make sure they sign up to Bath Connect in a few days time. So Todd, let's talk about some key updates. And just very quickly, it would be good to get your thoughts on a few topics. So let's start on the eyeball transition. I think it's fair to say trade finance is on the periphery of use cases there. What's Bath been doing to advocate some of the key issues around an over night compounded an arrears rate rather than that SOFA term rate, which is, it's fair to say, US guidance came rather late in the day here, right? Well, we first brought our community together to try to understand what is the impact of LIBOR being sunset. And I think we found the most severe impact was going to be on discounted products. We also thought that the overnight compounded in arrears rate was not particularly going to work, particularly for those discounted products. So we have been advocating with the regulatory community to come up with an applicable rate, such as if sulfur was not going to be available in time, we were looking at a variety of other rates that might substitute for sulfur. But I'm glad to say we were able to successfully get sulfur alternative that's now available. It's available with terms up to 12 months. Trade finance has explicitly been approved, if you will, as a viable use case for term sulfur. And so in conjunction with our advocacy and conducting market studies. We've published a variety of papers on this as well as guidance and FAQs. Thanks, Todd. So next topic, supply chain finance, or more specifically, payables finance, which has had its, its fair battering this year. Why are the standard definitions so important? And could you talk about some of the work BAFTA doing with the Global Supply Chain Finance Forum this year? Going back at least five years, and I think it was a little bit longer than that, we were one of the founding organizations that formed the Global Supply Chain Forum. If you don't start with a clear set of definitions, you really are going to have a difficult time driving adoption as well as setting effect 
policy. So we published, I think in 2016, standard definitions for supply chain finance techniques. What we've done over the past year is we have expanded some of those definitions beyond the original set to include some products such as corporate payment undertaking. And we expect to have something coming very soon on dynamic discounting. The reasons that those definitions were important was partly to get commonality in understanding so that we could drive adoption. It was partly for us to start to gather data around these products because we needed to have some consistent definitions. And it was partly because we needed to engage policy setting and the accounting setting standards bodies so that we were all on the same page that when we talk about supply chain finance, payable finance, that we could tell what, what it is and what it's not. And I think we saw in this past year, in particular following the green cell fallout, what we heard from those standard setters was that time we spent with them was very, very helpful for them to be able to understand what they were seeing in green cell and how that differed from the traditional payables finance products that banks typically have been originating. We'll continue to work on some best practice documents within the GSCFF. And as the market evolves and different financing techniques evolve, and we'll also continue to expand the definitions. Thank you very much. And some really important points there, especially with regards to the education to standards bodies and various agencies, governments, practitioners, etc. Talking of education, trade education remains really important, especially at a time when working remotely, that face-to-face learning element suddenly lacks. Can you talk about the Future Leaders Program and the class of 2021 that, that BAFT ran this year? The Future Leaders Program came about because we were actually at a BAFT conference And we looked around the room and we recognized that there was quite a bit of gray hair in the room. Posed the question, well, how are we going to pair the next generation of leadership? What the Future Leaders Program attempted to do was, number one, identify that next generation of leadership in the industry. And number two, from a BAFT perspective, what we're trying to do is create the ability for individuals to collaborate with each other the way that we do in the association and to try to solve some very current real problem and offer an opportunity for people people that may not in their day jobs be focused on a specific issue, such as sustainable finance or faster payments or future of transaction banking. It allows for fresh eyes to look at real problems that we have. And it also allows for them to engage in the industry in a way that they typically would not within their own institution. We've just closed the application portal for next year's cohort, which will be the seventh cohort. And we have applicants from 24 countries. So the program just continues to grow in importance in popularity in different parts of the world. We're huge advocates of trade education. We often talk about the trade finance gap and actually the trade finance education gap, we also think is such an important topic. So congratulations and kudos to the excellent program. And we love to hear more from it and and see that program grow. So Todd, what are the most important topics and the big opportunities for BAFT over the coming years, given the continuing changing face of global trade? From a policy point of view, I think there will be some carryover from prior years. So the supply chain finance accounting issues still not fully wrapped, and we're expecting that we'll need to address 
disclosure proposal, supply chain finance. That will be a big one for us. Basel three implementation was delayed, but we're expecting to see rules that will be set in different regions for how Basel three will be implemented. At the top of our list going into this next year, I think we're going to see sustainability from a broad transaction banking point of view be a real area of focus for banks, so both from the sustainable deposit side as well as uh, sustainable finance. We'll continue to see trade digitization, a significant initiative that we're going to lean into, not only from a practical point of view in trying to promote things like the BAFT DLPC, which is a standard for trade digitization, but also from the legal and regulatory perspective in trying to get adoption of the leader. We also expect to see faster payments and virtual currency, the issues that will put a little bit more energy in the next year. Thank you very much, Baft. And as we close on the end of at the end of Cybos, do you have any final remarks about the future of Baft? I'm really glad that uh, we've been able to build the organization, to expand the organization. We had the opportunity earlier this year to talk with some of the past chairs of the organization from the past 25 years who are just delighted at how the organization still remains important, has even grown and expanded from where it was. So I look forward to continuing to grow it. I look forward to continuing to be important and to drive issues for our community. I'm really excited about expanding our education and training platform over the next year and being a part of this technology transformation that's taking place across the industry. Thanks, Todd. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure catching you. You're very busy at a Cybos virtually this year, and hopefully we'll see you soon in person, maybe even in the States. I think some of the key takeaways from this session today is, is really looking at around sustainability and ESG and how that actually looks in practice and what that means for global trade and trade finance. The importance of transformation and technology within trade, including the role of distributed ledger technology in Basel, and also some of the regulatory pieces that are just up on the horizon, such as Basel 3. Todd, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Trade Finance Talks. We will see you in a couple of days at BAFT Connect. Thank you very much. Look forward to talking with you again. Thanks for listening to Trade Finance Talks. Be sure to subscribe to our podcasts at tradefinanceglobal.com. 